0: Welcome to The Athletic Approach, where we
1: will guide you through the intricate maze of the mind in sports.
0: The Athletic Approach is brought to you by Culture & Sport, where we believe that culture is critical to long-term success. I'm Kristen Benowski.
1: And I'm Anissa Agarwal, and this is The Athletic Approach, where we don't just play the game, we understand it. Hello, Kristen. How are you today?
0: (laughs) Good. How are you?
1: I'm not too bad, not too bad. The weather's actually okay today. Half of Manchester is sunny. The other half is like pouring it down with rain. But everyone always says it rains in Manchester. so
0: It's raining here today, which is not so great, but it was beautiful yesterday. Spent lots
1: of time outside. Oh, nice, nice. So today we'll be talking about mindfulness and visualization. Um. And we obviously, yeah, so we've spoken before about what that entails and you've tried that out. And some of the different techniques that we've discussed kind of, well, it ranges. So mindfulness overall kind of looks at your own self-awareness and that can come in different ways. So we talked about mindful breath. Um, And one of the things about mindful breath is that it can, vary in how long you want you you know you can choose to you can choose to practice it however long you want it can be five minutes it could be 20 minutes it could be half an hour it's literally so flexible to you
0: so but I've seen like random research on social media and it's kind (laughs) of like you only need five minutes a day or two minutes a day do you have an opinion on like how often you should be practicing it
1: I think I don't have an opinion in the sense of there's like a strict amount of time that you've got to practice it um I think if it's consistent and I think if you start small and if it's something that's new to you, and I think that can be a gradual build. So um, some people can find this really difficult. Um, So starting with just two minutes can make a difference and then, then that can gradually build. But then it also depends on your context because if you don't have, so say if you wanted to engage in mindful breath before a game, but you don't have enough time to do half an hour, yeah. two minutes, five minutes. If you integrate that in like, you know, just sit in the changing rooms and just, you know, just sit and breathe for a bit and become present in the moment, then so, you can do that.
0: So I feel like mindful. So there's like mindfulness and meditation and breath work. Like when you talk about mindfulness, what is the difference between mindfulness and breath work or mindfulness and meditation?
1: So it all kind of encompasses in sort of one so um there's a lot of a lot of overlap um and it's like part of everything if that makes sense like it it's almost like different elements that kind of make up the whole thing um because the purpose of each one is self-awareness and being present Mm -hmm. and what you do in meditation is a lot of breath work so it's it's honestly it's it there isn't that much of a difference but then some people can practice it in a different way um especially in like within like Buddhism and there's there could be other elements within meditation or if you kind of think about like your chakras i don't know if you've like ever heard of that i have kind heard of it stuff. i
0: don't know a lot but i've heard about meditating no? to like different points like there's like your forehead your heart you could meditate looking at something listening to something
1: yeah so i'd say that's a bit more of like the meditation side of it um but i think it's so flexible to how you can then use it within your own culture within your own context within um what works for you so I wouldn't say it's like a strict process in any way so it all kind of encompasses a lot of different things but mindfulness I'd say is like the overarching kind of theory or intervention um that's used and the main purpose is that self-awareness and that kind of um yeah being present within the moment and it's just that yeah those things come into it to help you to be present and be mindful um so yeah so that's that's one of the ways the other way is um sort of mindful thinking which we've, we've spoken about with self-talk so
0: mm-hmm.
1: again a lot of overlap there with mindful thinking and self-talk but again it's that that mindfulness is that self-awareness and being aware of what you're thinking what's negative what's positive and understanding that it's what is helpful and what's not helpful for you and understanding when it is that you're thinking certain thoughts as well um and once you kind of have that awareness you begin to understand what those triggers are or what the effects of that of like negative thinking is or the positive thinking and once you become present you can then be able to reframe your thoughts and a lot of that comes through like cognitive behavioral therapy kind of things where you know
0: okay so what is that Cog- yeah. cognitive behavioral therapy
1: yeah before. <laughs> yeah I just, so I don't know what so- it means. <laughs> yeah no that's fine so cognitive behavioral therapy so yeah usually sort into cbt so it looks at basically reframing your thoughts so you think you think one thing and it's basically like challenging it and saying why are you thinking those thoughts and almost like provide evidence as to why you're thinking this and often people can't provide that evidence because it's irrational thinking which means that it's something that they're thinking about something that doesn't actually exist so if you're thinking that you're a um a bad team player but you can't even provide an example of when you have been a bad team player that's an irrational thought um and that's kind of what that therapy sort of tackles and the element of cognitive behavior also it looks at your cognition so your thinking, but then also your behaviors from that and what's what's helpful behaviors and what's not helpful behaviors. Um so it's how your thinking then manifests. So for example, if um you're having negative thoughts about yourself and you're you know you don't feel like yeah, you're the best player on the team and then you're less likely to go for tackles or you're less likely to speak your thoughts in like a group session so those are like the behavioral aspects as a result of your cognitions which is the thinking so that's how they're both linked and
0: and is if you were to act uncharacteristically because of these thoughts it's almost like confirming these thoughts in your head I would assume if you yeah yeah if you aren't like let's say, contributing in a team setting because in your head you think I'm not a good team player and then suddenly you have proof I'm not a good team player.
1: Yeah, so it is that, that cycle, but then it's getting to the root of, well, where did this come from in the first place? Maybe it could be a time in the past where they could have given a, they could have made a contribution, but someone might have shut it down. Um, and then it goes into wider things because then, you know, if we're taking that example, coaches or other people within this sports setting should provide um a psychologically safe environment. Mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: so that's why it's yeah, it's quite important to be mindful with your thinking. So that's kind of how self talk and CBT yeah, so I've
0: I've used headspace before and they do a lot of basically acknowledging that you have a thought and then um but like seeing it from a distance. And then eventually it's like naming it, was it positive, negative, or neutral, but you're just kind of observing these thoughts in your head. And I think a lot of times when you're meditating, I've noticed with myself, like my thoughts aren't necessarily negative. I don't drift into a negative space, but it, um, but other times I do drift into a negative space. I feel like I'm a lot calmer and maybe clearer thinking if I'm in a more meditative state, but, it's an interesting practice to try and bring into your regular life. So you if you're in training or something, like I've done it before where I'm not focused and then I think about what I'm thinking about and kind of naming those emotions or those thoughts in my head really helped me like put them aside and refocus on what I'm doing. Mm,
1: exactly. And I think something that you picked up on that, which I think is really important, is the fact that you don't have to go into a negative space it's not even just a case it's so so mindfulness you don't have to use it if you're in a bad place to get you present it can be that if you're struggling with concentration or focus generally whether like it doesn't have to be for anything that's negative negative if you want to improve your focus and being present then that's when that skill can then be yeah 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 because if you're a daydreamer and like you know your your mind's going elsewhere so again that's where mindfulness could be sort of helpful but you know it's all these things that you know they're called mental skills so it is a skill so it's not something that you can just pick up and you know you're you'll just thrive at it It does take time and it is a gradual thing um because it's one thing practicing it and then actually applying it to when you're totally. playing the sport
0: yeah and like doing it in training is easier than doing it when you're competing and stuff like that because there's less pressure and less external things happening to you um i know that i've gone through phases of being better and worse at these things and um definitely when I've been better it's when I've been practicing outside of sport and committing time to that Mm,
1: yeah no absolutely um yeah yeah exactly that and it's just it's one of those things because again going back to how it's a skill and then how you then integrate it because if you didn't practice it and you did that in competition and then you're thinking too much about the skill that you end up making the mistakes that you are worried about making. Um, So that, yeah, so a good process is, you know, to just sit in your room wherever, actually practice the skill um, and then try and do it in training and then actually then slowly, once you're comfortable with it, then try it within a competition. But then it's not like to say that, because it's hard because it's not you have
0: to be aware uh,
1: yeah yeah and like as psychologists we're not saying like you know if you if you're playing football like on the pitch you're not we're not asking you to stand or sit on the on the grass (laughs) for like two minutes and practice mindfulness it's that sort of integration of bringing you back into the moment and it's that skill that breath work or um like doing body scans and stuff helps you to to do because it is a skill is to be present um yeah
0: yeah so you mentioned body scans I think that was our next one that we were gonna talk about Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so body scans I love body scans I do this um when I can't sleep and it actually it helps so much and I actually um, said that too
0: you mentioned before uh, that body scans help you fall back asleep. I'm like I'm gonna try this and it actually is really relaxing
1: yeah definitely so body scans are where you essentially concentrate on your body from head to toe but it's going into depth you know it's not just head Shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. <laughs> it's going from your, from your head. <laughs> from your head to sort of like, you know, how are your eyes feeling? Are they feeling heavy? Your ears, your nose, your mouth. Can you taste anything, you know, sort of around your mouth? um, Your neck. How does your neck feel? And then your shoulders. Are they a bit tense? And then going down to your chest and then to your tummy. And then arms as well, like on your upper arms and then elbows, forearms, wrists, hands, fingers. And then literally then going all the way down to like the bottom half of your body, all the way, you know, through to your knees, ankles and then your toes. And it's that process where you literally scan your body through and again, notice how it feels and that makes you present in the moment because you're feeling the sensations that are going on in your body and that kind of then puts you into relaxation
0: is there like I don't know I don't want to put you on the spot for like (laughs) is there a reason why a body scan might be relaxing or um help you if you're anxious or something like that versus like other mindfulness practices?
1: so I think one of the things that I that helps is that you notice the tension within your muscles and especially if you're someone that struggles with anxiety they're very massively I'm like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah so so that body scan helps you to like be self-aware about those you know the places that you are feeling a little bit more intense and but then saying that it depends on you kind of your sport and how you best prepare before a game because some people prefer being relaxed Mm -hmm. however some people prefer to be a bit more stimulated a bit more kind of like pumped before it um to kind of match the levels of anxiety but it well not even anxiety but nerves and nerves can be both a good thing and a bad thing so sometimes having that is a benefit in itself to be able to perform and well sure or very
0: can... sport dependent too yeah uh,
1: yeah exactly so um yeah so I think that's one of the key things is that you are more in tuned with your body and how it feels um and I think it's easier because it's easier because you've got a focus you've actually got something that you can think about whereas sometimes with doing breath work alone I think some people can struggle with it because
0: you're like what do I think about or, like, yeah. or your mind wanders when <laughs> you're just thinking about one thing where your body scan you're like you're focusing but your focus is moving where yeah if it's just breath work it's just like the same thing and then suddenly your brain's over here and <laughs> yeah I yeah
1: no exactly and that kind of you've got something to concentrate on like it's a bit more tangible yes. and and then, and then if you're doing it in like a group setting sometimes it could be awkward it could be funny because it's just like everyone's like sat in silence and you know it's it can be a bit weird like I don't know like sometimes with like um like secondary school you know kids they probably won't take to that as much as maybe older athletes um so sometimes yes it completely depends on the person that you're working with and um you know if that's that's something that works for them. Um and going back to that point, so I know that we spoke about um to help with the skill of mindfulness is actually having an object or a piece of fruit, um something that you know that you that has a smell a taste to you know so and that's essentially because again you've got that focus so taking the body scan for example you have the focus of your body and um, but if you have an object or a piece of fruit you're then able to actually look at it feel the weight of it you can smell it you can taste it and again you're within you're present within that moment so yeah what what was your experience of trying that? I-
0: I actually really enjoyed this. I thought it was a really easy way to stay focused and also there's like so many senses involved in it too. It's not just your visual or your, your feeling, your breathing or whatever, like it's in your hands, you can smell it, you can taste it. Um, There, it's obviously most fruits pretty visually appealing and um, it's, it's really cool because it's very simple. Like if you're just eating something, you can take a moment and just really focus on it. And I actually, I I took a nutrition certification and like mindful eating is something that they preach all the time for people who are trying to lose weight. It's more or less a tactic to get you to slow down and feel your hunger cues, which isn't necessarily related here. Um, But it's a strategy that they talk about all the time to try and help you be more aware of when you're actually hungry or when you're full. Um, Yeah, but slowing down when you're when you're eating, I thought was An interesting thing because I feel like a lot of our lives are very fast and chaotic and (laughs) and eating is obviously something that we do often and I think sometimes we forget like we forget to eat because it's nourishing us and providing us with nutrients and we just do it because we're hungry and like get it out of the way so we can go do something else and it really brings you back to the fact that you're making these choices for your body and your body's like basically a high performance car that you're trying to fuel properly and you could be putting bad gas into it which is a little bit (laughs) of a tangent from the mindful eating of the fruit but like it really makes you forces you to be more aware of how you're fueling yourself too
1: Mm, yeah no and I really like how you brought that element of like nutrition into it because I think that just shows how everything is so linked together and Mm. you know it's not just like your physical training it's not just your mental training you know even like what you're putting into your body it's all so interconnected which is why it's so important that athletes get that holistic um support and they have like those that you know that advice from like different sort of um professionals within like a multidisciplinary team
0: so it's almost like you as a sports psychologist could be almost teaching or asking an athlete to do the same thing as like a nutritionist might be asking an athlete to do Mm. both of them involve increasing awareness both of them might have different goals but it might involve the same practice so that you it's not like you need to add two practices to your life
1: yeah and it's like and then it's almost like that bigger goal at the end and how like these different things can then actually help you to get there even though there's overlap Mm -hmm. and it is to get that you know the athlete to where it is that they want to be for you know optimal performance and stuff so yeah absolutely
0: and that's a wrap for today's episode of the athletic approach we hope you gain new insights into the mental dimensions of sport performance and are inspired to dive deeper into this fascinating field. The
1: Athletic Approach is produced by Manisha Aguil and Dr. Jeremy Piasecki at Culture & Sport.
0: If today's discussion sparked your curiosity and you want to learn more, head over to cultureandsports.com. We've got a wealth of resources, articles and research to help you understand the mental game even better
1: don't forget you can also connect with us on your favorite social media platforms whether you're on facebook instagram twitter linkedin tiktok or youtube you can join our community for more insightful discussions expert tips and a behind the scenes look at the world of mental sports
0: remember the mind is a powerful tool in any athletes training the more you understand it the better your game so keep learning keep growing and keep pushing your limits
1: Thank you for tuning in to The Athletic Approach, where we go beyond the physical and explore the psychological. Until next time, stay strong, stay focused and embrace the mental game.